Hey guys, and welcome back to Tef's Tavern, a somewhat weekly podcast where we try to sit down and talk about life, role-playing, nerdery, and kind of whatever we feel like throwing at it. Uh, I'm joined today by, uh, as usual, by uh, Andy from Burn Your Dice. Hi, am. And uh, luckily we've got, uh, joining us once again, uh, Nat Skinner from the Hellheim Unbound RPG. Good morning, everyone. Hi, Nat. So morning, how's Andy. everyone been? Um, okay-ish. Right. Good start to last week, but um, did some maps and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and then went downhill health-wise, and now I'm coming back up again, so a bit better. Well, at least we've got the uh, the uphill coming back around, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's a positive, eh? Let's see, Nat, it's been uh, just about a month since we saw you, uh, three three weeks or so. I know, it's been uh, busy. Um, my work life on the other side of working on RPGs has been crazy getting testimony mailed out, so did that on Friday afternoon, and now looking forward to having hopefully a month of peace and quiet. Oh, that's always awesome. Mm-hmm. And I've... Uh, I've been lucky as well. Uh, last week we didn't have a show because I, I just flat out worked way too much. Uh, about three times a year with my job, I, I end up in a situation where I end up working 65 plus hours in four days. So <laughs> by the time the weekend rolled around, I just I, I didn't have the strength to press the record button. <laughs> so yeah, we decided to forego that one and here we are. So this week's been kind of nice, though. I uh, I've had a chance to get back at my computer a little bit. I uh, I redownloaded Skyrim Special Edition and modded the ever living crap out of it. I've got a current game running with about eighty six mods in it, and uh, just downloaded the Dawn of War three. I uh, hope to give that a shot sometime this week as well. And yesterday, well, not yesterday, Friday, I was uh, lucky enough to uh, be able to host a game of Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons here on uh, Tef's Tavern. That was pretty fun, even though uh, all technical issues aside, my computer melted down about an hour and a half in, and then we had our cleric uh, completely lose Comcast internet. Thank you very much, Comcast. Uh, about a half an hour after that. So That's one way of losing your healer, isn't it? No kidding. Yeah. I was like, ah, see, I told you 5e was deadly. I killed his whole internet. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> As, apparently, he did not pay his sponsorship fees. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Everybody knows before a game of online recording, one must sacrifice a router to the Comcast gods. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And as silly as that is, I, no joke, just power cycled my modem and router just in case today. (laughs) (laughs) You can't trust those broadband companies. uh, My fate is now bound to the connectivity of Verizon uh, Wireless. You know, I almost trust them better, though. (laughs) (laughs) Trust is a very... uh, Loose word, though, isn't it? It can be. It's very, very tentative, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Uh, so, Nat, how, how are how are things? What when? Uh, how did things go with the uh, the Kickstarter? Uh, well, the Kickstarter both went, uh, I guess, in one way better than I'd hoped, and in other ways less successful than I was wishing. Sure. Uh, we ended up reaching about fifty percent funding. Um, had one hundred and thirty backers, uh, which was a pretty decent plug for. Um, our nascent company. So if you kind of look back at the track history, you know, had mostly family the first time we were working on the miniatures version of Helheim. And then the last RPG run, we had 
think it was about 20 family and about 20 non-family backers. And this time it was mostly the broader Kickstarter gaming community. Which is good, yeah. Um, and I think our goal was just a little too ambitious for somebody who nobody really knows. Hmm. Um, but we had a lot of good feedback from the community. And we're hoping in about two weeks to be ready to pull the trigger on the PDF version going out for sale. Well, that's phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, and it, it just goes to show that, yeah, you're opening up into, an, into a wider market where uh, more and more people are getting their hands on your content. And uh, from what I saw, anyway, it seems that everyone who got eyes on at least the sample was, was happy. So it, I have hmm. no doubt of, of its future success. Yeah, I think it's one of those sleeper games where until you actually sit down and play it, it's kind of, oh, this is just another system. Why should I buy it? And um, so, but yeah. it's the number one thing that we've had is once people sit down and play it, it just works. And it's simple and it's easy and you can adapt it to whatever you want. Right, right. So what's, what's next then? What's, what's in line uh, coming up for you guys? Uh, so for us, it's really getting it out the door. Um, then we're working on a couple of one shots. And at this point, we're kind of turning our eyes towards 2020, which both is a long way away and yet not so far away. Mm -hmm. And putting together our first setting book for the Saxon Wars. Yeah, well, I was just going to ask about that. So that, that's the, the big, big thing you, you've got your eye on. Yes. And, uh, so, help me out for uh, someone uh, not in the know. What, what is the uh, what is the Saxon Wars? Uh, so basically, it's the period from um, I'll be generous and say 770 to about 810 mm -hmm. um, in I'll call it northwestern European history, when you have the rise of Charlemagne, uh, him creating the whole Frankish Empire, and then the Holy Roman Empire. You've got the start of the Viking Age. Um, you have large movements with the various Slavic tribes and groups to the east of Denmark. And then you have the whole fun and joy going on in England in that period. Yeah. Wow. And so it was a very tumultuous time in history. Mm. Sure. Um, but it also makes it a great setting for, um, well, I guess I'll call it low fantasy. Yeah role-playing because there's just so many things going on you have all these different cultural groups mixing and merging and mm. just so a lot going on it's going to be essentially a uh, a setting book for for your system based on actual historical fact yes That's and phenomenal. then we will have uh kind of low fantasy is usually my bent these days so we'll have those elements available as well as more uh high fantasy because I'm seeing more and more as I venture through the uh, the, the nooks and crannies of the role-playing uh, universe online is these systems are being adopted and used in schools in a lot of places to not only teach uh, maybe introverts to be less introvertive or uh, extroverts to maybe be able to work together as a team, but in some cases like this, it could actually go farther to even teach historical fact where... I, I got to tell you, when I was in high school, history, man, I, I, I was either ditching class or not paying attention. So, and unfortunately, I, I really kind of shortchanged myself there because now, man, 
I've had to really pick it up to to learn that kind of thing because it's just been so interesting now that my interests have changed, and I'm more involved in in believing, uh, reading about the Dark Ages and uh, medieval era and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's one of the challenges is that a lot of history books tend to be pretty dry and dusty. Right. Mm. And I think the more you can do to show the excitement and the political intrigue and everything else going on in the broader world, the more engaging it becomes. Mm. And I was lucky to have teachers in high school and college who were able to do that. Nice. Mm. I mean, when I was at uh, junior school, it was great because we, we did lots of our own sort of history plus um, Greek mythology, Roman mythology. And that was amazing. And and then you got to high school and it was all the Industrial Revolution, which just bored the crap out of me. Really. <laughs> you went from like Greek gods to like how to plow a field. <laughs> right. But it's good. I mean, the, the Saxon Wars one really interests me, obviously. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those weird periods that just kind of gets largely glossed over. Yeah. I mean, I'd say most people, at least in the Western world, have heard of Charlemagne. Oh, yeah. And But you don't really know how he did what he did, how he did it, let alone in kind of the context of this is happening at the same time as all the various things going on in England, the start of the Viking Age, kind of all this very tumultuous geopolitical change all happening within a span of 30 years. That is kind of just packed in there. That's that is that's intense. So that can lead to some really interesting storytelling. Because mm. you can combine a lot of mythology um, into that, really, from all the different people. I mean, for for all the different people that just came to um, Britain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like when I was like looking to do sort of a, a really open Mercia setting, I was like thinking, right, okay, I've got. Celtic mythology, Norse mythology, and then even why not like um, Neil Gaiman's sort of American Gods thing? Well, why not have like Roman mythology as well? If the gods travelled with the people, if you know what I mean. Right. Well, and the neat part about it is, depending on your table, your group, your family, whatever you're playing with, uh, it gives you an excellent outline there in just in fact that you could run with just that and be extremely low fantasy or you can kick the actual factual historical mythology in and boom there's your there's your low fantasy to high fantasy just depending on how far you want to take it yeah and that's actually kind of my preferred history path for the setting um i'll probably have the notes from the author section somewhere in there and it's exactly that is what if the Saxon ermine souls were the one thing holding the borders between the gods and humanity mm. apart? And then Charlemagne comes in, starts burning them. And then all of a sudden, you know, you cross into the Norse, you know, one of the Norse nine realms somewhere, or you're able to pass into heaven or hell, or demons or angels start pouring out. Mm. So you've got a little bit for everyone there. You've got you've got the good old fashioned hack and slash. If if they just want to be playing against humans, you've got planar travel there. If you want to go to to any of the uh, extra planar situations you just said there, and that's that's really cool. Just the 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 possibilities are really going to be open on that. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where that yeah. goes because uh, yeah. uh, Andy and myself have always been very 
focused on more story-based gameplay than uh, more me than mechanical, really. I mean, I, I always say that I don't really give a damn what system we're playing on as long as we have a good story and a good group, because for me, that's what it's all about. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I was listening to an interesting bit with uh, Matt Coville and Adam Coble, and they were talking about how, well, it's really all about stories, and you know that regardless of the system, you've done everything right. If your gaming session gets done at 10 and you're sitting there in the parking lot until 2 in the morning reliving everything, and that that's really where the storytelling begins, yep. yeah. it's, the it's not even necessarily in the game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It is it's definitely the memories you can get from it. And it's funny how that always seems to work out, too. I always used to tell my wife, okay, well, yeah, we're going to start gaming at about 6, and then uh, I'm sure we'll be done about 10 o'clock. And she says, great, so I'll see you about 2. Because, yeah, without <laughs> fail, me and Jason and whoever would be sitting in outside of their, whoever's house we played at and just not able to shut up about it. <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. So it looks like you're going to be, uh, are you going to be distributing mainly on uh, sites like Drive-Thru RPG or... Just off your own site, yes. or um, all through Drive Through RPG. Excellent. They're a great um, they make everything easy. It helps um, the print version at least. It's not of the final version, but finally got their horrible cover system worked out for hard copy. Oh. <laughs> and so I just got the notice this morning that the previous version of the book is at least printed in the mail now. Wow. And so we just wanted to, even though we've got changes in formatting coming up and then some other tweaks based on feedback we've gotten, um, wanted to at least get the first hard copy to make sure there's nothing giant and glaring. Sure. And so with the shipping and printing timelines with a certain set of unnamed gaming conventions that everybody loves to go to, right. um, the printing process on the hardback looks like it'll take a bit longer. Sure. Uh, than we'd anticipated, but at least one copy is now in the mail. Outstanding. So is this going to be your, your first publication then? Yes. Well, congratulations, man. You're an author. First. I know. Amazingly, it has managed to beat my doctoral dissertation out the door. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So I'm quite naive. Do, can, do they actually ship to Europe? Yes. They ship, Excellent. I think think to 160 countries yeah i mean i've not used them before i've looked on it but i'm thinking oh, I, I, I don't know i don't know so that'll be good so i might be able to get my heart back yeah yes you should be able to i think the it actually prints in the u.s and then the somewhere in the uk is their second printing location okay cool that's really good i've i've ordered a couple of uh, books through them uh over the years as well as more PDFs than I'm proud of. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've been really easy to work with. I dig that. In fact, we, uh, the one time I even had any remote printing problems, it was just a, a misalignment of the cover image. Uh, they didn't even require me to ship back the old one. They just sent me a new one. Mm. So yeah, they're, they're a fantastic company and it's just a great way for, uh, for us to get, get stuff out there on the market without having to worry about coercing and selling our idea to sue a major publisher. So that's awesome. Would you let us know then Nat, when it's all up and ready? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. you'll actually get uh, one of those kind Kickstarter emails when I, uh, post everything. So, uh, 
Nice, nice. So yeah, once and, we hear uh, from that, we'll we'll actually uh, on that week's show, we'll make sure to let everyone know that it is out and available, and uh, we'll point everyone to the link because yeah, that's that's going to be just phenomenal. I can't wait to see more people yeah. getting their hands on this. That'll be fantastic. And uh, just on that point is that because the PDF will be coming out a good bit earlier than the hardcover, mm-hmm. um, we will be giving basically the price of the PDF off. If you buy the hardback later on, oh okay. wow, that's cool. That's fantastic. so for about about a month or so. What we'll do is we will uh, have basically just a link posted, so you can go there, and it'll be the five dollars off. That's how to do Excellent. it right there. That's fantastic because that's always been so. uh, a point of cont- contention for me. I've thought, well, come on, man, I already paid for this information. I just want a physical copy. So that's that's great. Way to go. Mm. Let's see. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what uh, that's uh, anything else you want to talk about, Ned? Uh, any other projects or anything else you wanted to touch on before we move on to anything else we've been doing? I think that's been about it. My one set of experience, not to discourage people, is I would start out with a source book or maybe some one-shot modules first, rather than going whole hog into a new system. Mm, right, um, right. Continues my lifelong career of doing everything completely arse end over backwards. The hard way mm. first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, because there's just a lot of painful learning experience if you do it the hard way, whereas if we'd started off a little bit smaller, we would have had more mm. experience in the publishing setup, all those kind of things. Sure, absolutely. But at so. least you've done something that you know a lot of people sort of dream about doing. But never actually get to this stage, so that's quite remarkable, really. Yeah, a lot of uh, persistence would be the other part. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't, uh, I can't fathom the amount of times that I've said to one of my RPG friends, "Hey, what if we did this? What if we did that?" You know, or even I have a, a I have several folders on my hard drive that are just the idea of a system that I've I've tried to contrive and 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 start up and i've never been able to follow through with so so don't don't ever discredit yourself man you you've you've taken that through fruition and it's done you you've got a system here that's outstanding yes very true it's cool man yeah thanks a ton thanks for joining us and, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. Yeah, feel free to Anytime. hang out, or if you need to drop out, that's that's no problem either. So uh, I'll probably just uh, throw it back onto mute because the natives I'm pushing around are starting to revolt. Oh, they're getting restless. <laughs> Apparently, there's too many sticks in the forest that need to be picked up. Roll for initiative. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, and then uh, the other major thing that's kicked off uh, since we last recorded uh, is Andy sent me a, a wonderful thing to look into, and that is uh, 40, Warhammer 40,000 Kill Team is what, what kicked us off, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big rabbit hole, isn't it? Oh, man. I was like, oh, look at this cool little 24-page document that I can read. Yeah, and, then and I'll you only done. need a couple of miniatures. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. And now it's been two weeks. <laughs> I've made about 10 army lists, <laughs> read uh, the entirety of the new 8th edition Warhammer 40,000 rulebook, and downloaded and bought the, uh, the indexes required for such. So yeah, I've, I have this problem of, of never just you know taking one step into a situation. I have to jump in head first. 
Yeah, you had got a bit of a problem, haven't you? <laughs> now the truth comes out about why you were working 65 hours last week. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I, I need to do this. Um, I apologize if I'm a bit there and my speech is a bit odd. But no worries. No, you're we'll, coming across great. We'll, we'll get there. I'm sort of functioning, so. <laughs> Outstanding. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's like, I think because we've all been trying to, like, um, look at every, you know, when you try and get a group of gamers together as well, um, and you do it locally, it's bad enough. Well, not bad, but hard enough, I should say. Oh, there's always a complication, yeah. Um, and we've been lucky enough, there's enough people within the groups that are really, like, helpful and trying to do stuff, but even that's just like just time zones work commitments health commitments everything it, it's it's really difficult yeah. um but there seems to be quite a, a steady progression it's building isn't it into a good group um and, and i think we're going to try and do something with a program called vassal next yeah, week that looks really um, neat and uh it, it looks like it's just a a simplified way for us to connect online and be able to yeah. play this game without having to uh, buy plane tickets and passports. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd sooner do that. <laughs> right. But I mean, the thing is, is like I know you'd seen um, what was it, Tabletop Simulator? Yeah, I picked that which, up, and that's really which, neat, actually. But which looks amazing. But I haven't got anything that will run it at the minute. That's that the was the problem. Yeah. Um, so with a bit of digging around, I found this really antiquated program. <laughs> called vassal um and yeah we we will be able to play 40k which is quite an accomplishment for really really yeah in a strange way we can still get miniatures and move them about i guess but uh, it should be good fun because we've got to learn the rules because i although i know 40k i don't know eighth edition did you play uh were you were the last time you played seventh edition then or no sixth so but I don't think couple. I don't think seventh was a massive jump up. That's what everyone tells me. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone always stated that uh, for the armies that were not represented in a seventh edition codex, it was completely fine to just throw the sixth edition one in. Yeah. Um, whereas eighth was like a big change, but I don't think that'll be too much of a problem, really. Um, I think for eighth, that's mostly army composition has changed. Right. Mm. Right. But I think most of the underlying structure, if you've played a 40k game, it's still pretty similar. Yeah, I should the, say more fantasy battle. Yeah, I mean, the, the, to, to hit to wound thing is different now. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't got, like, the charts like they've, you used to have. They've really simplified it. Yeah, now you just, you, you have to roll over your, your unit's uh, ability to, to handle a weapon, and that's a hit. And then you judge your strength against their toughness and very simply then figure out what you need to roll to get get a wound. So it's kind of neat. And I've actually been strongly considering uh, kind of adapting it into a uh, really rudimentary uh, role-playing experience with Warhammer. So uh, we'll see where, where that goes. And once again, I've said that a million times that I'm going to make this into a system, but this yeah. one might actually have some teeth. But I think, yeah, I think I think it's the whole thing that's like with this podcast and what we said over the weeks, and it? it's like two nerds trying to get something done, right? Despite themselves, a couple thousand miles apart. 
Yeah, and and everything like you doing like two weeks worth of work in one week. Oh man, um, I may not be able to get upstairs. <laughs> See, but yeah, between the two of us, I can't believe we're actually able to link up online. That's a, that's a, a feat in no. itself. Yeah, I'm just hitting like things with sticks. <laughs> and this week I'm luckily blessed though I'm, uh, Wednesday will be the 4th of July which is I'm sure is a huge holiday for you guys Andy and <laughs> then I'll be off the remainder of the week as well so that'll be that'll be good I'll actually get some time in yeah well, well are we, are we going to try and record it or something ridiculous I think we should be, because then people can point and be laugh pathetic. oh it's going to yeah. be bad <laughs> yeah it, it'll be the, the most cringe worthy game you've ever probably seen I know I say whenever you can make a video or a podcast where the uh, the viewer and audience is screaming at their device trying to get you to do it properly you've done something entertaining <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, yeah I think it'd be good what are we going to do like start with two squads and a hq and that kind of thing i think we would be best at that's a great idea we need to start off tiny it, it, with not, one miniature one one marine versus one tyranid or <laughs> it might just be <laughs> yeah, too much for us two hours, can we? <laughs> we can stretch that over over a six hour recording no problem <laughs> uh, yeah i think you know charge sort of ten dollars pay-per-view <laughs> no kidding that'll be on the patreon only <laughs> <laughs> Escalation leagues are a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I noticed you can, you can play War Machine on it as well. Oh, no kidding. And um, Malifaux. I think you like Malifaux. You dig Malifaux's background. I've been reading a it's, lot of them, man, and they, they sound really interesting to me. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm up yeah. for whatever. You know me. Um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll painfully do 40K first. Yep. And then we'll painfully do War Machine. <laughs> Yeah. And then we'll painfully, painfully do Malifaux. <laughs> Outstanding. And by that, and by that time, nobody will want to see any of it. And from what I'm seeing on it, actually, it would not be outside the realm of possibility to use this as an online tabletop for uh, um, role-playing yeah. games. No, because I mean, you can you make your table, don't you? Yeah. So you know, and the scenery and bits you drop onto, and it's top down. So yeah, kind of convenient. And like, uh, there was a situation on a in my Friday game where the uh, the, the I won't go into too much detail to spoil it because you can actually watch the video below on Teff's Tavern. But uh, at one point, the party had gotten themselves cornered in a bedroom uh, with a dying dark elf, a adolescent halfling and two Druagar that had used their enlarge ability. So yeah, they're eight <laughs> feet tall now, and it's just melee ensues. Yeah, <laughs> and at one, well, point, one, at one point, our halfling takes the bed in the middle of the room and flips it up on end to try to make sort of a barrier between <laughs> the injured members of the party and the Druagar. And uh, I'm trying to explain this to people uh, in theater of the mind. And yeah, a little, even something rudimentary would have been really helpful there. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could work, couldn't it? It really could. I mean, I have to say that some halfling can flip over a bed. He critted on his strength check, man. I was going to make it. I was giving him all sorts of high DC. I was going to say if he didn't get over a fifteen, you got no chance. But yeah, he twentyed <laughs> that thing. <laughs> That's cool. And That's of course, cool. in fifth edition, of course, I know on a skill check, a nat twenty doesn't mean anything. But yeah, he did well. So <laughs> you got to get something for a twenty, haven't you? Surely. Absolutely. It doesn't a happen often enough. Or something. I get way more ones than I get twenties. I tell you that. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I'll tell you what I did get as well this week. Um, I got the Pathfinder starter box. Oh, really? Tell us about that. Well, because you know, really, I like repurposing things um, and using things that are either cheap or I've got. Um, and I wanted a flat map, and I can't really paint at the minute, and there's like 80-something pawns inside. Oh, wow. So, um, what was it? Just over twenty-five pound as like as date of recording. Wow! Um, I I got that, and you've got all the rules. Should you want to try Pathfinder? Um, I've never given that one a shot. I've heard good things. Well, the only reason I got it is because the second edition. Funny things coming out soon, isn't it? Right. The right. yeah. Um, so I thought, right, this box is either it's either going to go really cheap which it has at the minute, or um, it's people are going to start collecting it and it's going to go stupid prices, you know, all sealed up and whatnot. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. So I thought, right, if, if anybody actually wants um, a lot of pawns to start an adventure and you've got a flat ma a flip mat's got dungeon one side and then it's brown grid the other side that you can draw on. Yep. It's, it's ideal. And it's probably cheaper... Um, than buying all those things separately and it's great the quality is really really good yeah I'm, i actually um, have that flip mat uh was given to me by one of my uh, players and uh, he actually mm. ended up with two of them i don't know if it comes two to a package but, no, uh, that has been the oh. best dry erase map i have had i've been i've gotten more than our money's worth out of that for sure i've been using it for goodness seven years now off and on yeah. different systems between fourth edition and fifth edition and whatever else we've done that's been our go-to, and he's absolutely right. Now, with the brown dirt color on one side and the, the dungeon tiles on the other, it's just great. Yeah. Yeah, and their uh, cardboard minis are nothing to sneeze at either. Certainly far more space-efficient than uh, regular models. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I, I mean, if I could, I, I'd be painting like a maniac again. Oh, but man. at the moment, I can't. So I'm looking like I always tend to for alternatives instead of saying well i can't do that now i'm thinking well how can i do that yeah um and and it's just been a whole thing with my whole lifestyle at the minute i'm having to adapt and change and do different things and it might be useful for some people out there um that have never seen it or thought oh, i don't want to buy pathfinder well just if you can get the box cheap enough you've got great stuff inside it well, and their if Besateries the all have more of those uh, oh, yeah, as yeah. well. So if you can pick up the Besateries boxes as well, you, you're getting hundreds, what would have been mm. in regular miniatures, hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of expensiveness yeah. for a really, really reasonable price. And yeah. it's, it's the way to go. If you want to have a visual, uh, in-person visual aid miniatures or mapping, that that is an incredible way to do it because, yeah, they're, they're quite visible. The painting's ridiculously well done. Yeah. And yeah, they're yeah. great. They last. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, those, those are good things. So that's what I found this week. Very cool. Which is a good thing. Um, and yeah, Kevin, yeah. You, you reminded me of a thing that Kevin Smith said uh, when he started podcasting year, a couple of years back. And it's uh, there, there's enough things in the world and in your own mind that are going to tell you you can't do something or you shouldn't do something. And all you really yeah. need to succeed and be fruitful in life is to find that one person, whether it even be yourself, that instead of saying why, says why not. Yeah. So instead, instead uh, of saying, like you said, instead of saying you can't do something, let's find a way to do something. Yeah, it might not be the best way or 
whatever. But it's certainly better than me going, feeling sorry for myself about painting. Darn um, it, man. Yeah. And I think that's what why we work well. We just bounce ideas off each other all week. That's great. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, weird time zones and weird messages at weird times and stuff like that. <laughs> Every but time it, you message me, too, I check my clock and I'm thinking, goodness gracious, what time is it there? Oh, okay, no, no, it's only six in the afternoon. He's fine. <laughs> I've yeah, had to put it on my, my phone, like the time zones now, because I'll forget. It's just, I'm terrible. But, oh, man. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we're getting close to the point where I'm supposed to get up and start making breakfast for everyone. So maybe I will uh, just leave that there. Okay, man. That's cool. Sorry I've been a bit out of it, but... No worries. You're going to have to start doing the early morning walk schedule like I do to do the podcast. You're talking. See, that, that's a, that you know, get a custom enough. backpack, get a couple laptops set up to record. and high-end audio gear. I won't look weird at all. <laughs> you see, exactly. You're just a guy with an earpiece hanging out your head. And, and just get a t-shirt that says NSA on it, and people just won't even ask questions. Some dark sunglasses. <laughs> 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 I love it. Well, guys, signing off from uh, Tales at Teft's Tavern, uh, we've had Andy. Hi, I'm uh, goodbye. Hiya. What did I say? Hiya. Goodbye. Yep. Uh, and thanks again for joining us, Nat. It's been a blast. Likewise, gentlemen. And thanks again, guys. Have a great time. <laughs>